Tom, Thomas misses one show, and he's, he's yeah. You, you're you're uh, you're blessed to have me even here for a second one. Whatever. I'll, I'll yeah, it's true. I thought about never coming back, but um, then I wondered, you know, what else would I do? You know. When else? Yeah, with change of the wall like that, I mean, there's only so many things you can do. This is my only contact with any Americans, and I can't just let a whole country go like that. <laughs> this this whole podcast is really just a, a foreign exchange program where we're right. <laughs> learning more about different cultures. You can't Dare lose I- your status in your friend group as the only one who knows actual Americans. It's very exotic. Yeah, every time I talk to my friends, I'm like, did you know that Americans actually say... Uh, say this word they say what's it say a word what's a word elevator did you know they say elevator like elevator (laughs) (laughs) wow i thought i was hearing myself talking there for a second your accent's really improving yeah i'm learning a lot (laughs) well welcome back to community rewatching 101 if you couldn't hear we are in full force tonight we've got heather we've got thomas we've got Mostly Al, I think so. He's he's here. There's he's nowhere nowhere else. Seventy eight percent of me would rather be. There you go. <laughs> and I am Justin, and together we form four fifths of Voltron. So that's pretty good. You know, just limping along on one leg, but still we're pretty fearsome. Where does the sword come from in Voltron? By the way, when he forms, like which part of them holds the sword? I would not know. Okay. All right. We won't overthink that because we're talking about community, of course, and we're season three, episode two, uh, something, something global conflict, geography of geology, geology or geography of global conflict. Now I wrote geography. Uh, is it geography? I wrote yeah. geology. Now that doesn't make any sense. That's the study of rocks, right? Yeah. Geology. <laughs> Woodshop of global conflict. <laughs> yes. The episode where Britta bashes a globe with a hammer and... <laughs> Emmy winning performance by far. Uh, so we're talking about the model UN tonight. And here's our here's our introduction exercise to kind of loosen up our brain muscle. Um, we are going to go around and we're going to give each other like say if we were forming a model UN. We have to sign each other countries. So oh, nice. Heather, oh. what country would you assign Al? What country would I assign out? Does it need to be one of the countries that was shown in tonight's episode? No, no. Any country that's in the world. Uh, Brazil. All right. Al would be Brazil. Al, what country would you give me? Sealand. The the little landing pad thing? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. You have so much to offer. I've been so emasculated. Um, okay, so I will give Thomas. I'm going to give Thomas Australia, ironically, to see what he'd do oh, with wow. it. Oh, wow. Oh, all right. I and know Thomas, what would you give Heather? Um, Heather can have Japan. Yay! <laughs> she's been there. She'll work that into every conversation she's ever had. <laughs> Just like Britta in New York City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This reminds me of when I was in Kyoto. Shut up, Heather. You know, I actually was in Kyoto, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, there we go. So we will form the the great model UN of what was it? Brazil, Sealand, Australia, 
and Japan. Actually, that's not too bad. It's three halfway decent countries and, yeah. you know, mine. So, <laughs> again, thanks, Al. Uh, <laughs> hey, well, I will generously give you lots of football players and I'll give you that one martial art that they do in Brazil that I'm totally blanking on the name of. Copiera. Copi- yeah, Capiera, Capiera. Capiera, yeah. I know that from Bob's Burgers because they had the the guy who taught it on that. Sexy dance fighting. Sexy dance fighting, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, the whole model UN thing, it's kind of funny because we see it in several different sitcoms. Like, I think The Simpsons had it. I know Parks and Rec had a very famous episode. Uh, one of them had, you know, I will be the moon. Um <laughs> Yeah, and now we get it in community. I was wondering, like, did you guys ever go to a school that had a model UN? No. Absolutely not. Definitely not. Okay, so I didn't either. I'm not even sure this is the thing. I <laughs> Yeah, is it uh, just a TV thing or does it ever happen in real life? Like one guy had it once and he just convinced, you know, he um catfished the entire industry into believing that <laughs> this was a thing. I, I kinda get the impression it was one of those things they did back in like the sixties. Wait, if you went to a prep school? Before they had fun. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, guys. It is definitely a thing. I just Googled it. Really? Okay. Oh, just yeah. Just not at our schools. We went to the bad school. <laughs> I imagine it happens like all the time at those you know, private schools where they dress like it's Hogwarts and stuff. Yeah. yeah mm. That's what those people in the photo looked like. They looked very much like those sorts. All right. Well, hmm. So that this is all I know about Model UN is from TV shows, and even then, it, it looks like they're stretching to make it look interesting. So uh, <laughs> it, it'll be <laughs> it's going to be a fun looking through tonight's episode. But before we get into all the the gritty, gory details of what's to come, warning: there will be red paint involved. Thomas is going to take us through a summary. Okay, Community Season 3, Episode 2, Geography or Geology of Global Conflict, uh, directed by Joe Russo and written by Andy Bobrow. In this episode, we meet Annie, an overachieving student at Greendale Community College who decides to start a Model UN. Yeah, no, not Annie Edison. I mean, Annie Kim. But, well, I mean... The Model UN was our our Annie's idea first, but the other Annie stole it, but they're both super competitive, so our Annie started a Model UN as well. Competing Model UNs, why not? Our Annie is doing well against the other Annie in the Model UN competition until someone farts and the study group can't take it seriously anymore. But when they break through the dimensions and unite their Model UN with the other team's Model UN, well, they might have just solved world peace. But not if Britta and Chang have anything to say about it. After finding out that an old friend of hers has been imprisoned in Syria, Britta feels guilty for living such a safe life. She kicks a trash can and stages a graphic demonstration at the Model UN competition, catching the eye of fresh-faced campus security Ben Chang, who wants nothing more than true purpose in his new job. It looks like they're made for each other. That's what's going down in community. Hey, Al. Hey, Justin. You know, you know how my Australian friend pronounces the word Britta? Pronounces it Britter. <laughs> R-nar. Britta. Britta. You put an R at the end of one, one of the Britters. <laughs> <laughs> Britta's so, a hard word. Britta. 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 We have, like, so, I don't... 
is Britta, uh, do you have, guys have the, um, the Britta that's like the water filter jug mm-hmm. thing? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't actually know any people named Britta. I don't think it's a real name. Is it short for Brittany, maybe? Because I don't think it's a, like, a regular name. You wouldn't just name, I wouldn't now think I want to have another daughter Britta. just to name her Britta. You know, why not? <laughs> Please don't do that. She'll be the worst. You're the worst, kid. You're the worst. <laughs> that is setting your child up. That's the boy named Sue territory. Mm. Helps her be tough for life, yes. Ah, uh, Johnny Cash, always teaching us to be good parents. So, yeah, let's get into the the second episode. So now that we're settling into this season, uh, we are going with the Model UN. We meet a brand new professor. And like all of Greendale's professors, uh, not quite right in the head and not quite right for a primetime position. But he's here and he's teaching anyways. And this is uh, Professor... Klegoris? Let's go with that. Either pronunciation's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I like how he just has that ready to go. Like this is a uh, this is a common apparent you know common occurrence where people mispronounce his name. He's like, yeah, whatever, it's all good. And he seems to be playing basically the same role he played in a few Spider-Man movies, right? He was like the teacher in the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Is that him? Is that Martin Starr? yeah, it is. I still haven't seen the new Spider-Man movies. Not even new at this point. I just yeah. haven't. They're long, man. I don't want to go two and a half hours, man. It's long. <laughs> They're fun. Are <laughs> they are. <laughs> Come to our movie review site, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 90 minutes or I'm done. That's my end. <laughs> Um, yeah, I had no idea that was Martin Starr. I mean, it, now that, like, yeah, it does look an awful lot like him, but that didn't even click. He's wonderful. <laughs> it does look exactly like him. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> I like his character. I really do. He's I do very too. subtle, but he's yeah. like subtly. Not, how would you define his character? Like, how would you describe subtly unsettling? <laughs> he's a dork that grew up and became a college professor. <laughs> um, He's like very believable. He's not overplaying it at all. Um, but he's got probably a few of like my favorite lines in the episode, which we'll get to. Yeah, he. you know what? He strikes me as um, like one of those professors that just really loves being adored by his students for his intellect, even though he's not actually that smart. And I mean, he's he's OK, but he's not. Whatever he just he's he's really good at posturing and lecturing and uh, yet he kind of does talk to his medallion and uh, <laughs> <laughs> ride around on a wheelchair. I love this introduction mm-hmm. uh, because you know it's just such a uh, such a bait and switch for the audience watching every time. Even though I know he walks around when they open up and he's in that wheelchair and he's just talking, and you're just like, oh, okay, this is the character, and then he's just like, yep, and that's where. Franklin Delano Roosevelt would sit and he just walk around. <laughs> and then uh, what does he say at the end of the first class? He's like, somebody just run a want to ride in the wheelchair. That's Annie Kim for mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Annie Kim did. Yeah. I wonder if she Who's took our up other on main it. new character here or other guest star? Uh, we get other Annie, aka Asian Annie, aka Annie Kim. And she is uh, she is Annie. Just Kind of without any sense of humor, I guess. But or warm. As Thomas described very, very competitive. 
and definitely there's a rivalry going on between the two of them. She kind of feels like like the the, the one eyebrow baby from The Simpsons, who's the arch nemesis of Maggie. Ah, uh, yeah. Just sort of this weird evil opposite for no particular reason. They're just nemeses. That seems like another sitcom trope too. The the really smart smart person eventually gets a smart um, counterpoint in school, like you know a competitive others straight a 4.0 student and they butt heads and they but eventually they become friends like that's kind of usually how it goes not so much here but at least with the last part um, she's but okay they, she's not my favorite character in this one but well i i like that there's like another somewhat intelligent person at greendale mm-hmm. it's a student mm-hmm. who isn't just a you know total I want to say caricature, but that's not quite right. I'm not quite sure what word I'm fishing for. Well, I wonder what she did. She's wrong an in overachiever in a school here. where they have a lot of underachievers, so she's vastly overqualified to be there. There we go. Uh, as with Annie, you know, if it wasn't for the drug addiction, I don't think. Yeah. So. So yeah, so we get uh, we get this early early hint of something being a little awry, a little skew. Uh, meanwhile, Britta and Shirley are walking down a surprisingly busy hallway here in the library. A lot, a lot of extras like bustling to and fro. And Britta's talking about settling into her new major, as you'll recall, the first episode of the season. Thomas, I'll bring you up to speed here, uh, that Britta <laughs> decided to become a psych major. And she got a backpack. She got a notepad. She got that thing that Makes yellow on the page. <laughs> Highlights? Highlights. Probably the backpack. <laughs> it's such a sitcom joke, but it's it's. I'll, I'll let it pass. It's funny. Yeah. And then Britta finds out that her friend was for, back from her protesting days. Her friend got imprisoned, and she's got a Facebook group. Let's date this episode really quickly. She's got a <laughs> Facebook group. Yeah, all the Facebook references are like we're supposed to feel something and react. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg is like, yep, here's here's ten bucks. Please reference Facebook a couple times. Thank you. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of continuity, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was um well do your continuity thing first because I was gonna well, go I was off gonna say in con- also following up on the first episode, we get Chang settling into his new security role here <clears throat> uh, alongside Sergeant Nunes. And he gets a flashlight and he's already abusing it. So that's probably not a good sign, right? <laughs> I had a friend who worked security for a number of years and, and this was pretty much it. This is, it really is just kind of, well, what do you do if something goes wrong? Well, you call the cops. You call the cops. Mm-hmm. I did security at college. You know, you sat in a shack at like a, a very abandoned part of the campus, and you're like, "Well, if somebody's going to kill me, it's going to happen. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a little walkie-talkie, but that's it. You know, you're so exposed. But you're there just just in case somebody needs an assistance or directions. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I love I love this line. It's like, "Hey, the badge says to serve and to protect. No, it doesn't. How's my smile? Ah." Uh. <laughs> Just that Charlie Brown Ugg so well, but yeah. Are they usually That's, dressed this well in real life? I mean, even the fact they've got badges seems pretty pretty cool. I think 
my universities all just had people in polo shirts. Mm. Yeah, that, that seems about right. Mm. Although, of course, in season one, they had they had the uh, the the golf cart security golf cart because remember Annie and Shirley got to be oh, yeah. additional oh, security yeah. members. That was so good. They shared they shared the whistle though. That was that was the big <laughs> thing and the pepper spray. Somebody brought pepper spray. But that was about it. So maybe the golf cart went the way, you know, that that's what Britta and Shirley trashed at the end of season two. And now security is kind of out of golf cart. And this is it. And they definitely no longer have that sweet, sweet air conditioner money to, to pay for replacements. No, they do not. <laughs> so, yeah, back to the study room. They Annie's made an official frenemy. And Annie kind of Annie Kim comes in. There's a lot of very aggressive back and forth. And Annie's just not really dealing with it that well. It's very progressive of her. She's made a multicultural evil twin. <laughs> multicultural? I, I just went, okay. This is an incredibly awkward conversation. And it, it, it really, is. it makes me cringe so hard just to see somebody trying desperately to pretend that they cannot stand, the, that they can stand the person that they're next to. I couldn't help but wonder, why is she doing that? Just for plot's sake? I think she needs to prove to herself that she doesn't hate this person because she's yes, not that petty of a person. That's what I got. Mm. That she's, she's being hypocritical to herself, but she's trying to prove that she's the better person. And at that point, just like, just let it go. Just distance yourself. Like, this is what I tell my kids. If my kids are butting heads, just give each other space. Just you go to the end of the block. You go over there and... That'll be it. If we don't see you again, that's okay. We have more kids. But, you know, if you guys get along, that'd be great. Yeah, I didn't get the idea that Annie Kim was trying to be friends with our no. Annie. So it, it just seemed odd. that It's like, okay, did she just offer to do this? <laughs> well, if she is also, if she is really just a doppelganger of Annie, then she is also too nice to say, no, I don't want to go with you. So I am going to go with you. You think that? You think she's too nice? I didn't too nice. nice is the wrong word. Nice is the wrong <laughs> word. But she does not want to. Acquiescent. Uh, same thing. She wants to be the better person. So she's going to play right along with, of course I want to meet your friends. Oh, my God. And really, she would just give anything to be anywhere else right now. Fair. Or swoop in and steal the friends, and that works too. Yeah, I don't see the study group really taking any Kim in. They're, Mm-mm. I mean, they're, they're pretty firmly on our Annie's side. Right away. And that's not it is so interesting how there's the empty seat in the study group. I always forget about it. And then it's just when someone happens to walk into that area that you're like, oh, yeah, there's an empty seat. Someone mm-hmm. could sit there. Someone could. The audience could sit there. That's that is, right. It's us, right? of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of going back to season one, it seems like Britta is really regressing back to season one Britta. I know. At least like... Early on when she was all about protesting and political statements and all of this. And Mm -hmm. she seems to have wandered away from that. And now she's been reminded of that. You know, and I can kind of identify. Like, this is something that happens in your life that you realize. Like, you're reminded of of some way you used to be. And then you have, that like, a little bit of that midlife crisis where you want to kind of yank yourself back to that in some way, shape, or form. Like, man, I used to review movies with a bunch of weirdos. I want to do that again! And, yeah, that's, that's pretty well, much my life. Well, and it would be like if if you had uh, – if you, if you never picked the site back up 
But then you found out that uh, that Kim, who started Mutant Reviewers with you 15 years ago, was suddenly, you know, working for the New York Times as their entertainment reviewer. Ah, yeah. You know, it would be like, oh, man, this thing that used to be a big deal to me, somebody else is doing incredibly well, and I know them, and there's an alternate universe where that's me, and oh, my God, did I lose sight of the thing that I used to love? Because, I don't know, I, I, I so entirely identify with Britta in this episode. It really, really speaks to me. I could tell. I could tell by you. I was like, ah, I think someone feels a certain way about something. A thousand percent. Yeah. Me too, though. Me too. About about the you know movie reviewing and writing in general. Yeah, just just anything you're reminded of, of mm-hmm. a way you used to be or a thing you used to do or people you used to hang out with and then just kind of second guessing the, the course your life has left. You know, I'm like, did I did I go down the wrong path? Did I? Did I make friends with the wrong people? Did I lose, you know, something that I should have retained? Or, you know, maybe so sometimes it's good to go back and revisit those things because either you can get back into something that you really truly enjoyed and you had forgotten about, or you can be reassured that, no, you know what? It was good I grew out of that phase, or mm-hmm. I grew past that, or that just wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, so. yeah. And I think there's something scary about realizing that you sort of turned into the person you promised yourself you would never be. The person who's going to go to college and pick a major and get a backpack and a highlighter. Yes. And a notebook. And a notebook, of course. Yes. Right. <laughs> I would love to read Britta's notebook. I think it would be one of the most interesting <laughs> reads right there. But man, she goes uh, she goes on a tear uh, about the rainforest. Because she hasn't been tear gassed in a long time. She's like, maybe my path is a war path that leads to the terror drum. Yeah, she goes a little far at that point. but She didn't mean any offense, though. No, no offense. <laughs> I like Troy's line. Looks like someone woke up on the regular side of the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that meant, but I still liked it. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I guess it's just Britta's always like this. I, for, for me, the line of the episode was, you know, maybe I'm not done raging against the machine. And Shirley's like, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> Don't worry, she'll be bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> Rage I'm, against the machine. Yeah. I, I've I'm, been going on, speaking of things that I'm looking back at, I've been going on a big tear this year of kind of picking back up 90s alt rock i you know i love it there's a lot of stuff i really love about it but i'm also reminded of one of the reasons i used to love it is because it was kind of sort of rebellious and edgy and it had an it had an attitude i don't really see quite these days but um maybe maybe in my own head i envisioned that i was raging against something and just nobody cared because i was a very normal looking person anyway so um, i would be bad at reaching against the machine i'm it's okay britta it's okay you do what you want to do so this this rage comes out the the inner fierceness of britta wanting to get back to her roots her protesting roots when she walks by chang and is told by a very very bored uh disillusioned chang you know watch out for the trash can and she just turns around with that look on her face. And here we go. We get the Lionel Richie, man. Slow motion, Lionel Richie. Hello. And she tries, she she kicks over the can, or at least tries to, as much as you can in high-heeled shoes. But she makes a good show of it. I like Have it. we had a lot of Britta and Chang before? 
Because I don't think we have. I don't think I'd so. I love them together. Mm, yeah. Let's go to our Chang expert in the field. I'm. I was thinking the same thing while I was watching it. I thought, really, I don't. I can't think of many interactions that Britta's had with Chang. Can anyone think of any other ones? Not. Right? Not like episode long ones, no. Right. Or anything all but, that, you know, meaningful even. It doesn't have to be a whole episode or just anything. They're both kind of kooky, so mm-hmm. usually they're bouncing off of more straight-laced people. Yeah. So this is this is fun. Yeah. I, I like this pairing. It's it something is a that they great pairing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and honestly, they both kind of got there. Like, it. it's almost like a natural point for them to clash where Chang finally has this position where he is grasping for whatever power that he can possibly assert and Britta wants desperately to have a powerful figure to rebel against and it's not just a contrivance of the episode you know I can't they, like, they, they didn't give Chang this position so they could write this episode it just happens to be that it works really really well mm-hmm. yeah there's some, some really natural continuity here yeah that's that's cool and they're both very in character. Like you know, they're they're both incompetent. Like at what they're doing, they're they're not <laughs> at the top of their field. You know, Chang writes her a warning, and it's literally the word "warning" on a piece of paper. And then Britta Britta eats it defiantly. It <laughs> finds out, as we all have, that eating a piece of paper is kind of gross and doesn't really go down as it should. So. <laughs> Camera just holds on her as she realizes she can't stop doing it, but she has to. It's fantastic. <laughs> and she throws and it away little, in the like, garbage can she tried to kick over. And she does that, the holding her hair to the side as she spits it out, and it just, yeah, I don't know why. I love that little gesture. And yeah. yeah, I just love the way they they look as they're walking away as well. They both got this little smile. Mm-hmm. It maybe works even better because they haven't... Uh, done much together in the show so far it's like they're seeing each other for the first time it's like mm-hmm. why, why have why have we not crossed paths before <laughs> right so well you also notice that the the commonality is nobody really cares what they're doing they're, <laughs> that is very true they're both engaged in this war against each other and just nobody cares it's it's such a non-issue for everybody it, especially when like Britta's in the cage later on and everybody's just kind of walking past her nobody cares except for chang and yeah it's uh they they see each other they see each other hello they... <laughs> <laughs> did you like did you like the the slow-mo and the song the combo that i loved it I thought it was got, perfect. Got funnier and funnier every time we used it. <laughs> Just the right amount, though. You know, like, not yeah. too, too much, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, so we find out Annie Kim stole Annie's idea, started her own model UN. Uh, that is a sneak attack, apparently, Pierce says. That's just like them. Not women. Asians. He's, you know, Pierce is just over here doing racist, sexist stuff, and we'll just ignore him for most of the episode. <laughs> Before we ignore him, we yeah. did miss his earlier comment of an Asian Annie, Obama's America, which absolutely tickled me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, this is an IMDb fact, uh, Dan Harmon initially wanted for uh, main Annie to be cast as Asian. So this is kind of... Oh. Oh. Bringing an alternate universe in here. Yeah, ah. That's right. Earth one and Earth two, man. 
Mm-hmm. Could have been. Yeah, there's a... Uh, well, and then we've got Earth 3, which would be uh, Abed's TV show from the first season where he was <laughs> filming the alternate cast members. and mm. Yeah, we got a real real multiverse going on here. Um, oh, speaking of Dan Harmon, I just want to mention this b- before I completely forgot because I was uh, listening to something the other day and kind of explaining that, that big pet peeve I was having about how this show is set in colorado yet we're always seeing palm trees all over the place apparently they didn't really care where the show was set it was just that they had to um the lawyers had to figure out a setting that didn't conflict with any greendale community colleges in any particular state and apparently colorado didn't have any so they just said yeah you'll just be in colorado that way it's there's no huh. conflicts Nice. And so, interesting. Not really. It wasn't the intent of the show to be in Colorado. It was just kind of a getting around the legality of I don't know rights and stuff. Hmm. <laughs> All right, there you go. Anyways, uh, and, let's see. Annie's upset. Model UN's being taken away. Jeff is immediately on her side about this. I like this this whole Annie getting really agitated in the uh, cafeteria. Great bit She's of physical vibrating. Time vibrating yeah. uh doing this straw thing and just having troy like off camera just reach <laughs> in grab <laughs> grab the cup take it away take off the lid bring it back so it would stop making the squeaky noise that the was fact beautiful. that it was off camera mm-hmm. it just that was brilliant it was really good <laughs> and she never breaks but, eye contact with she, yeah, yeah she never <laughs> yeah she's very good at the intensity Mm-hmm. And Annie is intense when she's really like this. You can see you can see why she would have gotten addicted to Adderall, and can only imagine mm, yeah. what kind of terror she would have been on drugs. Uh, we find out the professor <laughs> going back to the you know they they kind of uh, go into the classroom and they're like yeah she started it and I started it and you know this is my idea and so he comes up with the idea of you know maybe. Maybe we should have two of them and, and compete them and see, you know, which one comes out on top. He says, you know, I I was called Model UN guy in college. But, you know, don't research that. Don't research that. Keeps uh, <laughs> going on. And he gets so low-key excited. I mean, if we were to do that, I would, just, I would have to stay up all night and come up with all the rules for exactly how this is going to work. And it's just <laughs> getting more and more and more excited. <laughs> He's a fun character. He's just nerdy and weird and yeah. Does he ever come back? I can't recall. Aww. I don't know. But we'll have to know, find I'm out. Gonna, yeah, I don't know. Thomas, do you? I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, no, I mean, we could Google it. Psh. Eh. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 very excited that you know when I type in Professor Cligaris, it's gonna you know offer to spell check that one. My Google <laughs> search is already screwed anyway. I I got you. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he's just uh, let's see, just one, just one. Man. So, yeah. So drink drink it in uh, as you can get right now. So yeah, there we go. We're gonna get. Competing model UNs. But before that, Annie Kim, great armor piercing question where she says, I don't understand your relationship here. Is is he referring to Jeff? Is he your father or your lover? And this uh 
super awkward, you know, having to put Annie in a headlock and give her a noogie and kind of walk out of the classroom like that to get out of the awkwardness of that. I just re- I wrote this no- this line down in my notes and I just realized I accidentally wrote, um, is he your father or your mother? <laughs> it does change the scene a little bit. Yes. It's um this whole Annie Jeff thing is interesting though. I mean he's and he's calling her kiddo a few times throughout this episode. And there's this whole like I don't know if they're just actively trying to hide other feelings. Uh, I guess we'll we'll get into it more later when they have a moment. But. No, let's get into it now. All right. Let's get into it now, Thomas. Say your piece, man. I I don't know. I don't feel like the show's being quite clear enough in, in what's going on, and so I don't really know what to think or feel. And even if I did know what was going on here, I don't know if I'd be into this plotline. Because uh, they... I mean, it's always just... It hasn't been clear since their end-of-season-one kiss, I guess, what this show uh, wants to do with their relationship so yeah anyone can enlighten me anymore on that well i i always thought that this particular plot line kind of comes out of this episode very awkwardly mm-hmm. and kind of almost late you know like you can see little bits of it throughout the episode but it's almost like yeah we kind of forgot like yeah they had that sort of romantic tension and uh you know jeff kind of lunges to her to her defense and then you know, now suddenly they're having a heart to heart in the study room about how Jeff's having a hard time knowing whether to treat her, you know, like a romantic partner, like a friend, and he keeps just trying to distance her with the the kitty kiddo thing. So I'm like, really? That this hasn't really been going on that consistently and that often to make it into um, a major point that you need to resolve at this. You know, I don't know. I. I fell out all the parts of the episode. This was really baffling. Yeah, and there was mm-hmm. just the one reference in the last episode in the musical in Jeff's head. Um, I think the two of them sing Some of Us Are Gonna Sleep Together or something uh, this season. So that, oh. that's the last thing I remember. Clearly in Jeff's head that, yeah. And I, I'm on record about hating this since I think episode one I talked about how I hated this. <laughs> <laughs> um I give the show some points for recognizing who Jeff actually ha- or who uh, you know the actor actually has chemistry with, but this this feels to me like them saying like, yeah, we know it's here, we don't know what we're doing with it either, but I guess we're not going to just let it lie. We have to call attention to it because it's obvious to everybody else. But that's also not good enough for me. So I don't know. I, I just always try to forget that it exists. Well, and yeah, I mean, if you're going to put it on the table, really put it on the table and make the episode kind of about it. The episode's not really about that. It's about Annie's ultra competitiveness. And, uh, you know, has she moved on from her college days? You know, maybe that's that's something that she's tying together with the British plot line. You know, like, has Annie grown up? I mean, Troy makes a reference to her Adderall days. You know, she tried to straighten up the lines on the football field during a game or something like that. And, you know, like, so so has Annie grown up at all? And so that's that's really the focus. And Jeff really shouldn't be part of that equation. It's really Annie's whole thing. And she has that whole breakdown. And, you know, the I thought the resolution would have been, 
oh man, I, I freaked out. I was really immature. I was way too competitive. This doesn't really matter. The most the most important thing that does matter is that, hey, we're getting a model UN and that's kind of cool. And that should have been kind of the resolution. Instead, you know, like suddenly Jeff's shoehorned in there and they're making it about their whatever their relationship is. And, and then they go back to the model unit. And I'm like, oh gosh, you just, you're trying to do too much episode. Too much. It, it almost feels to me like a studio note. Like we can't have oh. six attractive people in this show and not have two of them in a will they won't thing. <laughs> but so maybe that's just, just me giving Shirley you. Shirley and Pierce together. Darn it. That's the couple we've all been wanting. But even Nicole Brown's been on record saying, like, how come I never got any cool romance plot lines? Yes. That does not seem fair. All she gets is Andre. Yeah. Um, and Chang, which, you know, the less said about that, the better. Yeah. Well, unless anybody really wants to go on about this, we can go on to the Model UN. And another thing. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love for for a fact that it was thrown together literally overnight. They they went all out in the cafeteria. They have lights set up. They have four different backdrops going on. They this guy was up all night. The professor, you know, apparently was pulling an all nighter to make this happen. So good on you. Good on hiring Garrett because Garrett should be part of this. He almost steals this episode for me. Crisis alert! <laughs> <laughs> and then when they start doing like the the, the moving heads across the screen, it's so good. <laughs> I let I, it was so cheesy, but then they just kept doing it more and more and more, and then I'm like, yes, that's beautiful. Thank you. You know, a little bit would have been not enough, but they did it so much that it became a, a gorgeous piece of art. So we get the model UN. So what's going on is we have two. UNs and they are competing over the same topics uh, with apparently the same countries, I think. And so we have Pierce is Somalia. Uh, Troy is Georgia, the country, even though he does have an accent, which is one of the Love best it. Troy parts of the entire episode. <laughs> we all kindly ask you to mind your P's and Q's. <laughs> it's such a great bait and switch because the easy joke is that he studied the state and not the country and instead he knows exactly what he's talking about but he's using the accent for the state yep just just guys just guys and let's see um jeff is uruguay and britta is switzerland britta's not there abit is switzerland no Ab, i'm sorry uh annie annie switzerland annie's u.s annie's, yeah Okay, so and and Abed is Switzerland. Switzerland. Okay, got it. I didn't write all those down. I'm sorry. So yeah, Britta doesn't get invited. Why doesn't she get invited? Oh, I assume she turned it down to protest. Okay. I just they just never address that. They never show that. It just I not a big thing. It's just a little weird. Um, so Maybe they just thought, well, if we invite Britta, man, we're going to lose. We can't invite Britta. <laughs> That's a good um, point. Yeah. So Abe wants clarification here. There are two Earths, and they are in parallel dimensions. But what does that say about free will? I love the professor just cutting him off and just like, we're just starting. We're not going <laughs> to. He's, he's sort of, you know, like is is is. um Giving Abed a little bit of, you know, yeah, I'll give you a little attention on this, but after a while, nope, we're done. We're done. Abed, Abed found the only way to make this interesting. We should have, 
we should have played along with it because Earth 2 is out there. We can't ignore it forever. So I didn't notice this when I was watching it, but so we know that um, Asian Annie is the doppelganger of our Annie. Are the other people at her table? Are they they're not like alternate Jeff and alternate Abed or anything, right? I didn't think so because they got Vicky. They and, do have Vicky. That's true. Yeah, and they had this other gentleman, and then I don't think we see their other table at all because I was kind of watching to see who was at the their other table. But yeah, I don't think we the only see ever... like the the back sides of them far away in another shot. I don't think we ever yeah. see that clearly. Because yeah. I would have loved to see like you know they got Starburns and Neil and uh, Leonard. Leonard, oh, Leonard would have been. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. They, do you feel like this episode should have gotten to the Model UN faster? I don't know. Like, it really seems like it takes off at this point. It's a lot of fun. I mean, we absolutely could have had more of that instead of any of Annie and Jeff. Yeah. I would have been happy with that. But right outside the Model UN, Britta has put herself in a dog cage with a globe, a hammer, and some red paint. Uh, because uh, apparently she's our freedom and she's in a cage. You know, you know what? How you know you're making a really good point if you have to explain it. You have to explain your visual metaphor to everybody. That's how you know you're doing a good job. That's what makes it a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, and she gets dragged away by Chang. She's hammering on the globe, and she's like, "Are we Facebooking this?" The look <laughs> ever been when when they're playing the Lionel Richie song, and she turns up in slow mo and looks as though she's hissing at him like a feral cat as he's dragging her away. <laughs> I lost it. And he smiles. Yeah. <laughs> I also loved his little reaction when she initially pulls out the paint, which for some reason I wish was tomato sauce or uh, ketchup for you guys. Uh, but, uh, oh, well, red paint. Uh, when she, As soon as she pulls it out and starts putting it on the earth, it, it Chang's like, like genuinely like shocked <laughs> like, it's actually outrageous oh no you can't do that not in my school <laughs> she barely even makes a mess that is the <laughs> thickest paint barely drips down it's already starting to dry I think you, know, you love that the protests are you know we're gonna lock arms and you can't get in the building or we're gonna tie, tie us to a tree and you can't cut down the tree something that is actually going to get in the way and disrupt anything and she puts herself in a cage that she apparently cannot get out of <laughs> and can just be dragged away by a single individual who weighs about 90 pounds all I can think of is that must have been a very uncomfortable filming day for Jillian yeah, yeah. wow yeah Hopefully they gave her some knee pads or something to wear under her pants. Her butt pads, you know. That's oh, was she sitting on her butt? I thought she was on her knees. Yeah, she's kind of sitting with her knees all splayed, but on her butt. So your butt's on the metal mesh on the bottom. Oof. Bicycle you shorts, can. you know, those have butt pads in them. Just a good pair of bike shorts. Yeah, I'm wearing one right now. Nice. No, I'm not. So yeah, we got, as Thomas was saying, we get Garrett screaming crisis alert with all the heads floating around it's it gets so weird so quickly and, and he manages to give like really nuanced delivery on each of them too i feel like he doesn't just repeat himself mm-hmm. <laughs> oh sorry one thing did we did we mention that um the professor fires a gun I'm, I'm... yes <laughs> yes like a real right. gun <laughs> it's like he's like <laughs> 
uh, is like ready, set, pace or something and just fires. This <laughs> really funny. I'm hoping that was a starter pistol, but it's really loud. It's so it's loud. I just, I know, I, I wanted to see the the supplemental episode where he spends all night getting ready for this, and he's just like, "Yeah, that'll be great." And I'll have, I'll have like a million flags on the desk and a gun, and you know, he's got his what, what is his medallion that he's re- referencing? The guy who make, came up with the model UN, I forget his name. Yeah. But he's like talking to his medallion, and he's like, "We did this, we did it." Um, yeah, he's he's really into this sort of thing. Labor of love. Uh, but however it all gets disrupted because there is a fart <laughs> Troy's like ugh gets in my mouth uh, I don't know what do you guys think about the fart as a way of it's another one of the I, I kind of find it a little awkward like the episode didn't know where to go so suddenly let's just have a fart yeah and everybody just stops treating this seriously and except for Annie it's just not set up at all if it was to do with anything maybe but I yeah it's totally disconnected from the rest of the episode they ring a couple good fart jokes out of it they do but, but it is it does kind of stick out as uh, not the most polished part of the episode I guess it's like if you've ever written a story and you kind of write yourself into a corner and you just don't know and you that old adage of just having somebody burst into the room with a gun in your story you know like just doing something weird and radical and you know throw throw a grenade on the floor you know whatever throw a fart grenade into the middle of the episode so we can move on like how do you we need some, something to resolve here and uh, unless the resolution was going to be like our team won over Annie Kim's team. They weren't yeah, I kind of feel like that maybe they the fart would have been okay, but they needed to set up the investment level of the other people in the group. Mm. Because if you could show that they were, you know, not re- they're doing it for Annie's sake, but they don't really care, then the fart would be something that could very easily distract them and totally destroy the, the whole Model UN thing. But then I guess it would be a different episode. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it, it, there's no yeah, there, there's no setup for it. There's no payoff to it. There's nothing, no character-based reason for them to act like that, to go from I read an info packet on my country and recite it on command to we're just going to all laugh about farts until one of our team members has a nervous breakdown. It's a deus ex like flatulence. And it's such a significant and powerful fart, which I kind of... Uh, Look, I'm happy to go along with, but I'd prefer to have some kind of in-episode explanation for why it's so potent in a way. <laughs> like maybe, you know, if there was a setup of something Jeff ate, then maybe. It's also kind of weird. Nobody else in the room. Yeah. If this is that potent. Nobody else is reacting. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. If it's that powerful, how is no one else around them affected by it? Did we all think we would be spending a late Tuesday night talking about a fart on a TV show? You know, I live this my life on the life... edge. You never know what to expect. <laughs> this is where our life has led. <laughs> I do like that one Pierce line. He's like, I can't remember what regular air smells like. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, so, yeah, Annie 
freaks out. She does one of her signature no and follows it up with, I mean, a temper tantrum. Like if you've ever seen a little kid throw a temper tantrum, that's what Annie's doing. Uh, she's <laughs> acting like a little schoolgirl, Jeff says, but not in a hot way. <laughs> that's <laughs> and I did like phrasing that. You know, that hmm? Phrasing. Yeah. He's like, that made me sound creepy, but here's the thing. And he just walks away. That's, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, but meanwhile, we go to the security room. Love this little bit. Uh, there's a there's a sign there that says Riot Gear is not a toy. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had to remind themselves of that. And, uh, and you know, the, at the aftermath of the cage incident... Britta's like, I did more than make a mess. I turned your whole system inside out. But it turns out, no, not really. Um, that she didn't really do anything illegal. She's not intending to do anything illegal. Chang didn't really do much to stop anything of significance. I love that they do ask her point blank. Are you planning on doing anything illegal? And she can't bring herself to answer. Mm-hmm. And Chang looks so heartbroken, so disgusted with Britta. And she's like, no, no, I meant it. I was, yeah. And he runs away crying. It's, uh, it's great. But before that, great little moment where Chang, like, pushes her head while they're talking. And Britta just slaps him. But she's not even looking at him. She just reaches over and just slaps Chang. <laughs> And that's why I like this pairing is they really do act like a brother sister kind of like dynamic, which is one of my absolute favorite sitcom dynamics. We almost never get that, but that really like siblings can have a lot of fun tormenting each other and doing funny things and they kind of know each other and they can just there's no sexual tension. So you can just get past that and have a lot of fun. And I I feel like they had a really good shot at making this pairing like a brother sister thing but ooh, like a diabolical duo and then sergeant nuna as nunez goes on for like 20 seconds 20 really long seconds about a broken arm just goes on and on and on the episodes i think it was treading water at this point mm-hmm. yeah it didn't really land for me i felt like i was just having the same reaction as chang in the same like yeah, that. Why? <laughs> I get it. Well, Annie goes back. She does one of her, another one of her patented. You guys. I can't really do it, but she's sorry. She apologizes. Everybody said that they're farting. <laughs> Pierce is like, I'm farting now. <laughs> I love the Spartacus joke. It's really good. Farticus. <laughs> Abed. <laughs> oh, I should have used that. <laughs> and then, and then Abed coming up with the plan. He he leans in to whisper it. <laughs> Jeff's like, Abed, nobody can hear you when you do that. You can't do that anymore. That's that's good. I like that. <laughs> no one's cutting away. <laughs> and then they cut away immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then, uh, and as, as they come up with a plan, Britta actually throws a brick with a note through the window, does commit a felony or crime, at least a misdemeanor, whatever. Uh, and, and, uh, Nunez 
I like he finally recognizes like Chang just Chang just needs this. He needs a win. He needs something to not make him loathe his new career. And so he's like, go show that hippie how the world really works and gives him a taser. Oh, Nunez, you should have known better. What a good boss. <laughs> what a good boss. <laughs> have a taser. And just the way they do his little story there so sentimentally, like the camera starts just zooming in on him and I think the music's quite soft. He's like... Yeah, there was this one, this one woman choked by a police officer. <laughs> His gun was bigger than mine. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh dear. So the the Greendale study group they come up with an idea. Their idea is to use their combined resources of Earth One and the Hadron Collider, and open up a, a wormhole portal to Earth Two and come through and declare peace or try to make peace with earth too now why and do they come in like they're aliens <laughs> they're like, bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> like i thought they were just parallel earth but oh well to mess with earth too i guess a little bit maybe because you got to make some kind of an entrance yeah they they had time to make that fake tv set that annie's wearing that's uh, that's kind of interesting like, who says, like, Annie Kim says, like, they can't do this. And the professor's like, the science works out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my favorite line of the episode. <laughs> and he's just so nonchalant. The science works out. So, What science, man? What science? I don't know. Just. <laughs> so uh, Annie Kim decides, no, they're not going to make peace. But the professor then does a great little speech about how the U.N., is a largely symbolic organization full of high-minded rhetoric and empty gestures. <laughs> and so what they did is actually the winning move. I'm <laughs> like, dang, he just crapped all over the UN. And uh, actually today, as we're recording this, there's a big thing in the news about the UN. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, there you go. High-minded rhetoric and empty gestures. Go for it. So... Okay, maybe that was just me being tickled. I'm tickled. My husband and uh, I but maybe you guys, that part. Maybe you need more refined humor, like Britta coming in with dolls all over her outfit. What in the world? What was that? <laughs> Did I, I miss something? What was that supposed to represent? Just her insanity? <laughs> Pretty much. She's freaking out the squares. <laughs> no time to go make this outfit. But where did so she, she get had... a bunch of dolls? Don't tell me. I mean, you you two have kids, so different story. But like, Earth where would three? I find her three? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> like she's just trying to be as that. This is the only thing I got. Like she's just trying to be as disturbing as possible. So I guess if you did see a woman lunge into a room and she had a bunch of Barbie dolls sold up, uh, sewn all over her outfit, it'd be a little disturbing. It's not only that, but those dolls look like they've been they've seen things. Some of them were burned. <laughs> some of them had most of their hair ripped out. Maybe maybe they're Britta's uh, cats dolls. Like they the cats play with these dolls, and she just scooped them all up and. The cat set the dolls on fire. <laughs> they only have one eye, man. They, they can't see everything. I got it. 
Britta has a backpack now. Oh. She has to put things in her backpack. True. Dolls? Therapy dolls? There we go. Yes. We are more than meeting this episode halfway at this point. But I don't know what kind okay. of therapy you guys are going to, but you may need to reconsider. <laughs> well, this uh, scene just reminded me yeah. how good the extras are in this show. Like, one of the times I watched this scene, I just watched all the extras in the audience just watching Britta. And they're just, like, they just look so real. Like, they're just honestly baffled <laughs> and just staring at her and, like, what is this? But they're, they're not, like, so shocked because they seem used to things like this happening at community, at uh, Greendale Community College. Uh, but they're so entertaining. Love the extras. Isn't it fun watching extras in any sort of crowd scene? Yes. Like, anytime there's a crowd fight and you're supposed to be watching the hero fighting the villain, just watch all the extras because they're not really hurting each other. It's, like, very half-hearted. They're just moving and mm-hmm. nobody's really doing much of anything. Or you catch people who are overreacting to whatever's Over- on the screen. Yeah. Those are those are so fun. To show their mom later on, look, look at what I'm doing, mom. Mm-hmm. Chain comes in and tases her right in the neck as that <laughs> hello song is playing. Hello. And he then picks he her up. her off. I mean, Officer in a gentleman style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she, she's loving it, too. Like, this is what they both want. He gets to take down a hippie and she gets to be tased and uh, suffer the consequences of her very mild actions. So... Yeah, there you go. Closing credits, we get Abed and Troy in Scrubs playing Operation on a Sleeping Pierce. I love this. thought that was... It's very silly. It's silly. At least they didn't take his ribs. <laughs> Spare ribs. <laughs> yeah, good little want-want joke, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll allow it. And those ribs do look really tasty. So. They do. Yeah. All right, there we go. Geology of global conflict, and it is past Thomas's bedtime. And understand he's recording this in the morning, but he goes to bed pretty <laughs> early. So we're, we're going to let Thomas give his report card first. What do you think, Thomas? Well, I, I don't have heaps to say in my report card uh, that we haven't mentioned. Like, I th- I'd say overall, I, I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of the Jeff and Annie plotline and the UN stuff in this episode. I do like the 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 new professor. A new professor is always fun. New quirky person to hang out with. Um, the Chang and Britta stuff, absolutely delightful, but only really brief throughout the episode. So that only just helped this episode be a C in my mind. It's like just a good C episode. Okay. Heather. All right. Well, I, I'm actually pretty shocked. A C. Oh, my goodness. I actually, well, I guess I'll go through things before I tell you what I waffled between. But mostly the same things as Thomas in that mostly the same things we've already gone over. I, too, am very uninterested in the Jeff and Annie. I think they could have done a lot better if, if this had been... I meant to say this earlier, but if this were just only built up better, 
and not just picked up and then half a season later something else happens with jeff and annie and then a season later something else happens and we're supposed to still care it could have been a little better i wouldn't have minded it in here as much the un stuff i like i liked seeing everybody working together working off of each other to hopefully get annie to beat her rival and then of course coming together with the earth with the portal and everything was brilliant i thought a lot of good moments i almost gave this an a because chang and britta really pushed it up there for me but just coming back to terms with all the problems i have where it really lags at the beginning i just got too tired of listening to britta again maybe that's the point but it really dragged that that really dragged for me and jeff and annie dragged for me it just overall i'm gonna have to go with a b all right. Al, put on your smartest man glasses and sit in your smartest chair and swill your smartest glass of cognac and tell us your score. Well, after that kind of introduction, um, okay. So, I really like this episode. <laughs> um I think that the Britta and Chang story is brilliant. I think it is some of my favorite Britta stuff in the series so far. And it's maybe the most I've liked Chang in the series so far. I also find her plotline and Annie's plotline, and even kind of Chang's plotline, really, really relatable. I definitely can get into the, again, thing I used to do and somebody else is excelling in the wish in the way I always wish I could have excelled. And the... I have a thing I want to do, and then I see somebody else who's doing it the same way I am and better than me, and or just as good as me, and people are noticing them and not me, and it's freaking me out a little bit. And the excitement of a new job, and then finding out that it's not the thing you thought it was. I get all that on a very deep level for me. I honestly came into this ready to give this episode an A. I, I thought it was just, I laughed from start to finish. These are both really memorable plot lines for me. Um, and then I, I'd forgotten about the Jeff and Annie stuff. Despite having watched the episode twice before we recorded, I forgot about it entirely. It's very forgettable. And y'all reminded me that it exists. And the, the fart thing, like you pointed out, it, it does land with a bit of a thud compared to a lot of the other parts. It's, it's not a perfect episode. So... I'm going to give it a B. I'm tempted to use one of the three B pluses, I, one of the three pluses I granted myself, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to call it a B, but I really, really like this one. Hmm. This, this really does feel like an episode that would have benefited a lot from maybe another day or two in the writer's room. I think that they could have tightened this up. There's just a little bit more on a lot of different areas would have made this an incredibly good episode. Um, this there's a lot, you know, there there's a lot of meat to it and a lot of potential and some of it works, some of it doesn't. And I think that's kind of what we're muddling through in tonight's recap. So yeah, I, I will say overall, I always enjoy this episode and that, so when I give it a grade, you know, I'll, I'll think I'm going to give it a B. Uh, I, I feel like it is a cut above just because there are some really good lines. I, I generally like most of the characters in this episode. And I mean, Jeff, not Jeff doesn't get much good stuff, but 
Troy's really funny. Abed's got some good stuff. They, you know, Garrett. Gotta love, gotta love me some Garrett. I was a little peeved that they brought Vicky and she only had one line. It wasn't even a good line. No, no, no for Vicky or anything like that. But, um, but I do wish it was better. So I, I think it's really good that we're seeing kind of the, uh, some more continuity. Uh, so all these plot lines brought up in the, first episode of the season weren't just like forgotten about and then would be picked up five episodes later. No, no, we're, we're going to follow up on a little bit of Britta becoming a psych major of, you know, Britta recalling back to season one, Chang moving on to security role. You know, yeah, th- these are good forward steps for the series uh, for the season. So yeah, it's, it's a B. I mean, I, I was, I feel a little waffle between a B and a C, but uh, I feel very generous tonight and I will graciously, the, the kingdom of Somalia, this this Sri Lanka in the desert, uh, I, will, I will graciously give it a B. So, uh, I did want to say I did I love Pierce's descriptions of Somalia. Yes, like he fell in love with this country, loved the descriptions, did a whole lot of work about it, and then the the way he describes it in these uh, effusive, emotional way, it's just it's a really good bit for Chevy Chase. I like that. I love him eating spare ribs at the end also, by the way. We mentioned the ribs. But I love his eating faces. <laughs> really beautiful. I do. One one other little note. Probably should have mentioned this earlier. The The episode does kind of bust out some, some racist stuff. And with community, usually they're okay handling it. Like, if, you know, making a good joke out of whatever they're doing. I don't think that they really, anytime they went in that direction this episode... It was just more awkward than funny and either shouldn't have been done or should have been done way funnier. Yeah. So, um, there, yeah, I'll just, I'll just end on a little down, <laughs> but, but, but B I'm going to give it a B and we're all going to turn around and look at Thomas. A B for only barely racist. <laughs> um, and now we're looking at me. What? <laughs> Wait, who gave it to, who gave it to C? It was Where's, Thomas. I, yeah, I gave it to C. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Mr. Take your foot off the crazy pedal, Thomas. Yeah. What what did you give the last episode? By the Um, way, last episode a B. I really like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm not. I'm not just. I'm not the new Heather for this season. Ouch. (laughs) Ouch. We're only on episode two, and you're already other other Heather. Australian Heather. Oh no. Aussie Heather. I don't know. We're gonna have to work this out. We're gonna have to brainstorm it. So Mm. we'll workshop it later. All right, well, that's it for tonight's episode. Yes, I know you were on the edge of your seat the entire time. Scoot your butt back. Be more be more secure in your sitting position. And why not, while you're sitting back, uh, take out whatever device you can surf the internet on and check out our website, MutantReviewersMovies.com. MutantReviewersMovies.com won't solve that back acne that you got. I'm sorry, it just won't. But it will entertain you, distract you, and fill your head with such visions of great movies and TV shows that we have all reviewed. Uh, you can also check out, we have some show note links, and you can check out uh, Heather's Twitch streams. And as she plays games, you can hear her play them. You can sense the agony, the anguish, the excitement, the exhilaration of her playing these video games. And uh, and and Thomas, am I still pimping your YouTube channel, or is it a pit of shame right now that I shouldn't even mention? Uh, yeah, you should absolutely currently not mention it. Do not mention okay. it at all. Please, under do not no go circumstances. Visit. 
Is you do not like, do not subscribe, do not do any of those things. There's a monster at the end of this book, and it is Thomas's YouTube channel. So <laughs> I'm still gonna have the link there just in case. And and then we can just uh, for Al's big project, we can just look at Al and salute because he's a tremendous man, and we should do that. I am a living like under construction gif from a 1990s website. Way to go, Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> are you animated or are you? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm animated. Yeah, a little pickaxe. Yeah. 3D, like it's rotating around as he's doing his thing. Perfect Different colors. Come on, break out all of them. All right, that's it for today's show. Yep, mutantreviewersmovies.com. Check us out on Twitter as long as Twitter does last at 101 Rewatching. Take care, y'all. Bye. Mind your P's and Q's. But let me start by saying I love you